0: Before his toast and tea, give him a good big plate of cornflakes. FUCK ROVERS! It's still real to me, dammit!
1: And episode 137 and it's me gary p and of course the prop car really. greetings from the lair we are still sponsored by ocean electrical fantastic sponsors and all-around good guys so get in touch with them if you need anything electrical or any maintenance though, or anything along the lines of that so google ocean electrical or get in touch with us so uh, prof we've a lot to talk about with the four nil win in dundalk we have friday's home game with sligo coming up with the bitter reds and on that team there's an interview with former Sligo and hoop striker Danny North a bit later on And the questions, we asked some fans for questions and I'd say 90% of them were chipper related Yeah, The poor fella gets awful stick And funnily enough when we said it to him he said listen uh, we're going to do half seven And he says yeah I'm just going to have me tea first so
2: can we do it at eight <laughs> And then you and I were discussing this like we have to ask him what his tea what was What did he like? have yeah, yeah I
1: was thinking a pie but we'll talk about that later on um, yeah so we're still once again sponsored by Ocean Electrical fantastic guys and a reminder that the club shop is open 12 to 3 every Saturday from now on so if you were the lucky winner of our golden goal that we're running for every single game which is usually 100 quid you can go and you can check it out it can be used online as well
2: I think that Dan Fulham gobshite won that so yeah
1: you? Dan Fulham Hooperman won this week uh, it's 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 actually giving you something to look forward to as well with the game now. so if any goal that goes in somebody's definitely going to win a voucher so it's pretty cool. Uh, hoop scene, prof.
2: Yeah, well, as usual, the the cutoff to get it delivered before the game is is long gone by now. But still, keep picking up the copies if you can. Uh The interviews are always good in hoop scene, but I don't know for some reason this week I just think they're amazing. There's like six or seven genuinely brilliant ones, like Jack Byrne. Just like laws are really good ones, so yeah, definitely worth uh, picking up this one.
1: It always is. it's always a fantastic read, and it's something that I've been picking up myself lately as well. And I was guilty of not uh, engaging in it before, but now it's 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 an essential read, isn't it? So some congratulations are in order. Uh, we have some good friends of the show. Ozzie Nate is going to have a kid, so congratulations to Ozzy Nate. And we have Rob Lavelle who got engaged to fucking Egypt. <laughs> so <laughs> no congratulations, big congratulations to Rob. And he got down on one knee and... um, Conveniently, there
2: was a photograph of it just as he was kneeling down. Just
1: happened, yeah. I can only imagine. So what was the person taking it like? Was the person taking it just standing in the room and was she like, (laughs) there's a guy in the room.
2: (laughs) Stranger. Danger. I tipped him, but he won't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Now he has your phone. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, in fairness, Rob, he's done well there. Uh, Get yourself a girl who'll do Sligo away.
1: That's it, yeah, and and not judge it Yeah. afterwards, yeah. So, Dundalk and Sunday Prof, uh, a monumental affair, two changes, Liam Scales and Gary O'Neill came in for Pico and Dylan Watts, and Pico was left out because of the artificial pitch, pr- pr- and Bradshaw uh, P- didn't want to risk him, so I can understand that as well, and that's news to me, I didn't know he was uh, left out because of the pitch, but it can do awful damage. To your mm-hmm. knees and um, it's not good if you're carrying something slightly. So.
2: Yeah, that, that's the first game Pigo's missed uh, this season. So now we only have Big Al and Jack who started every game in all competitions. Although Greener has started every league game. So Gioi switched to the centre of the back three. So we had Grace on the left. And that was the Libra. To deal with the pace of uh, a doer Who did give Lee a tough time on the He night, gave
1: he? him a couple of scares yeah. I mean he's got pace to burn So I don't think Lee I think Lee might have I don't think he anticipated He was that quick Because at mm-hmm. one stage When he diced him And he left him for dead You could see in Lee's face As if he was He was, he was saying Oh my god Oh shite Yeah <laughs> This fella has got pace So I think uh, He dealt with him fairly
2: well yeah. After that We targeted their left side Big time didn't we
1: Yeah big time Big time. They were uh, I thought they were they were quite poor, like all over the pitch. I mean I'll do he was actually getting slated by his home fans saying that he didn't do enough defensively and he's yeah. a luxury and they were they were slating him, but obviously we weren't looking at that. We were looking at him going forward and causing a threat. He flashed a couple of shots across goal, but you know, he did he looks like a bit of a player. I think a bit of a luxury, you know, stick him in the ten and let him spray balls around, have a couple of shots. we uh prof, back in the purple and I have to say I'm I'm a big fan of this kit. A lot of people don't like the green shorts. I think it's deadly. Yeah, I'm digging the purple. I yeah, like digging the purple, loving it. And we were looking cool. So uh, 100 locals got the golden ticket to see their team getting trashed. And it was gorgeous. It was fantastic news. I hope they loved it in the shed. I hope they, they took it all in every minute of it. Uh, Dundalk seemed to do the media rounds to try and get the game called off, which is something I picked up on as well on our Instagram, and I was at all their players trying to get some sort of response, just uh, pretty much telling them that they're embarrassments and all sorts, but it was, I mean, for, for their players to actively try and get a game called off, Sunday, Friday is normal service all around Europe for any teams that's competing in these European leagues it's
2: called professional football it's called like, professional deal, football deal with it
1: you have a big squad it's what they wanted at first they wanted more games now they've got it and now they're giving out and whinging and for their goalkeeper and captain to come out and say oh this is the case and we want to get a game called off that's fairly embarrassing from mm. my perspective anyway I, I really think it would be and then you've got the likes of well they got back on Friday so they were home and hoes by Friday 6am in the morning so that means they go straight to bed. They could have done a light session later on that day or night or evening. They've got more rest on the Saturday, more rest on the Sunday, up until a seven o'clock kickoff. I think it's plenty of time. And normally kickoffs
2: are three or four on the Sunday as well. I'm sure we've done this many a time. We've played the European game and then we've had, mastered it. played a big game in the weekend. have had some great memories too. I remember coming back from Sweden. We, we went to Waterboro. Waterboro 1 0, yeah. Shawsy.
1: We've got uh, yeah. Milan. or we, we came back from Modena. We beat Bowes. We got some great European hangovers.
2: Yeah. And uh, actually, funny enough, if you recall last year, uh, we went to Oriel Park. That's the last time we lost a domestic game. Mm. We went to Oriel Park a week before, I think maybe even less than a week before, a massive Bowes semi final in the Cup. And we and Bradster played a full strength team. Yeah,
1: 3 2, wasn't it?
2: I can't even remember if we agreed agree with it or not. I think we were a bit skeptical.
1: We were, yeah, we were slightly sceptical, but then again yeah. we wanted to spoil the party, didn't we?
2: Yeah. And uh yeah, like as you say, it was Gary Rogers who was going on the media. It was also Shane Keegan. He was on that off the ball. Uh did you see the clip of him on the bench after Gio Magnoli gives him an instruction? No. And and there's a look in his face holding the clipboard. And Shane's just like, he just doesn't know what he just said. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do <laughs> I have to do this? No, he just doesn't know what he said. It's theory just. But then, um, yeah. Also, a journal asked Bradzer after after the game, if he felt guilty that the game went ahead. Who did that? Did we get his name. Yeah, Philip Quinn.
1: Philip Quinn asked him, "Did he feel?" guilty. Bradzer
2: didn't? was disgusted. Don't even imagine.
1: Why would you even ask such a question? He he's done dark orientated, is he? No, dub. I think that's embarrassing. It really is. Why would he feel guilty for a professional game to go ahead with professional players who are, should be able to deal with this? Look, they changed ten players. We we could not change ten.
2: That was their choice. That's to, what I'm saying. To change ten players. Could
1: we change ten? No, with one, our
2: first team squad. No one asked them to change ten players.
1: We would struggle in that sense. That but was their decision. Yeah, exactly. The pity party is uh, has been spoiled. So I'm delighted. Absolutely delighted. We did start well. Uh, We were on the front foot and it was great to see us kind of take it to them in Oriel Park. It's something we've been only been doing recently. Mm-hmm. We used to be a little bit cagey going up there, but now we're really mm-hmm. starting to get confidence and, and hit them from the oath. I
2: love how the quality the quality of our football just carries on now, week after week, no matter who we're playing yeah. or where we're playing. AC Milan, Waterford, Dundalk, Real Grass, Fake Grass. Doesn't matter, we just
1: pick up where we left off. Yeah, some sometimes we would be a little bit inconsistent, wouldn't we, where we play really well for three games and then we'd be terrible for one and we're just thinking, mm. Well, how can we get this consistency right? And now we haven't nailed on. But there's not even any settling into the game period. Nope. It just
2: it kicks off and off we go. We're so well drilled and we know what we're doing, it's it's just it's clicking straight away. Yeah, Greener for the third time in a row, and now they scored an early goal. I think it was only two minutes in. Berkey got the ball across to him and and he just shot Wally of the post. Very unlucky. But uh, after that great spell, what was it like? Borky Be- had a shot as well. Borky yeah, had shot, shot that rasped just wide of the post. So. But after that 15-20 minute spell we had on top, you're kind of thinking, Ugh, well, we regret this now. Yeah. We, we didn't score when we were on top because then Dundalk had a spell. They started to kind of get back into it then, didn't they? Without mm. any, without
1: really creating anything noteworthy, they, they did have a couple of chances. The likes of mm. Odua, There's he the was their I, danger I, man.
2: whipped it across from McMillan. That was a good chance. The save, to
1: save down low from Alamanus. That was an mm. excellent save as well. He anticipated it really well. But other than that, I think that was the real threat on goal until the main man stepped up again. Once again, Jack Bourne. He gets the game by the bollocks and he just runs with it. And um he had two bites at a charity at this. He had an air swipe at this one and then he just uh the ball crawled home and that epic photograph of Chris Shields, <laughs> which will now go down to folklore. It's a meme now. It's a meme, isn't it? Brilliant. And I think you yeah. were looking for this. When I, I think after the game you were you were saying there has to be a photo of this. Has to be a photo yeah, of this. Yeah, I know. And it couldn't have been better. It actually <laughs> it was, could not have been better.
2: It was that the camera was just on pitch level, just like right in his face. It was the, amazing. The despair
1: in his eyes, it was absolutely, it was gorgeous. Glorious, glorious and
2: gorgeous. But uh, yeah, Jack started and finished that move. Yeah. So, he was massively. He absolutely
1: on fire and this is the type yeah. of Jack that we're talking about and sometimes we used to used to give out about Jack starting so deep and taking it in the quarterback role but now when he's in the middle of the park and he does take it deep, he doesn't look for that killer pass every time now because, you know, the Hollywood pass that he used to love and you think, ah, oh, well, he, he can try that because he, like three might fail and then one will put someone in on goal. Now he's, he's dribbling he's doing a lot more dribbling with the ball and he's looking for the killer pass the true pass the slide pass he's not going for these Hollywood balls his game mm. has evolved in my opinion and yeah. I think uh, we're seeing a different type of Jack Bourne who taking
2: a lot more dribbling on the ball which I think is brilliant to see She is foiled by him not not for the first time this year yep yeah. he just can't handle him can he and he's he's only playing because he's suspended on Thursday that's know, the only yeah. reason he was in the team they threw him they? in just for a bit of experience and centre half mm. I don't think is his forte but uh, it was it was Finnor who had drilled that ball into the box and uh I must say I think I think Ronald Finn is the most underrated player of the last few weeks. I was just about to say this. Nobody thing. is talking about Ronald Finn the last few weeks, but he was absolutely superb against Milan and Walford yeah. and here again, constantly getting up and down the pitch. He's nearly thirty three. And at this stage of his career He's decided I'll perfect the wing back, wing back role. He now. just
1: doesn't seem like he's 33, though. He still seems yeah. like this sprightly young boy. He's got the boyish looks, and he just seems, and he's, he's running for days on end. So it's, it's brilliant to see him uh, mastering that position, considering we brought in Reese Marshall to, to pretty much take over from He's not getting anywhere near the team now with Finn and form
2: like this. One of the best centre mids in the League of Ireland in the last decade. And he's nearly 33 and he just becomes a wing-back. And, yeah.
1: and he does it well. And he's mastering it, yeah. So, excellent, excellent stuff. But not too long later, probably five minutes later. we got a 41 minutes and David McMillan on goal. I'm not saying David McMillan on goal. I'm going to say Scalesy. Because
2: it was unfortunate and it was going in anyway. I think, isn't that the rule that if it if it wasn't going in? It's very hard to judge. There's one angle from behind the goal where it looks like possibly gone wide. Yeah. I can't tell, but but McMillan does come off him and then directs it into the corner but yeah I don't know it's a tough one to say they excellent get, stuff from Scalesy, anyway so Scales is for me they kept saying Grace on TV I don't know why it was obviously Scales I'm surprised
1: they even mentioned the name anymore <laughs> they just get it wrong all the time Ricardo Scales Ricardo Scales Wayne yeah so Keane McMahon tweeted this He said Jack Bourne has to be the One of the best corner takers In Europe right now Consistently delivers quality Weight and pace on the ball Outrageous. nearly always Results in a chance And does it in the league Does it in Europe and an international level
2: So Jack is flying It's actually and something to You take for granted now Isn't it because The two goals against Waterford He just drops them In exactly the right area They drop in the same They for drop great, in the same place, no place Every time
1: it's not. Pace initially, and then the ball kind of slows, drops right into the penalty spot, and right onto someone's head. It's just perfect.
2: But when was the last Jack Byrne corner that was just like, oh, it didn't beat the the, the near man or something? When was the last genuinely bad Jack Byrne corner? I can't know. I I, I, yeah, I,
1: can't I don't think. One. Like, one of our pet peeves is when the ball doesn't go over the first man. I can't remember the last time that happened. Like, you watch Champions
2: League games, and half the corners are poor. It is.
1: It's nuts, isn't it? He just has a it perfect. It's the bally box shuffle. Has to be. So yeah, absolutely amazing stuff. And um, Aaron McInniff, forty-four minutes, the penalty with scales getting felled. Pretty much doing what he does
2: in the box sometimes, because <laughs> he got away with this against balls. This is pro wrestling. Or yeah, something.
1: I know. And then the, he just—it's totally like, like
2: pro wrestling where they bounce against the ropes, and you get blocked. And then they fly to the opposite side <laughs> yeah. of the ring, that's what it's, that's it's what it like a like. clothesline.
1: Yeah. Uh, and when Aaron Mac slipped up, I oh, was absolutely mm. chuffed because he's deserved the goal and he's been brilliant. It's the I think the transformation into of Aaron Mac and into a complete midfielder <laughs> now has been another feather in the cap of Bradsart and Cronin and McPhail and whoever else has been in his ear about perfecting his game and making him an all rounder. And not to say that he was a poor midfielder before that. We all love Aaron Mac, but I think he is perfected. <laughs> The all round midfielder role now because he seems to be able to do. I'd love to know his interception rate, and we seem to hold on to the ball a lot more now with him Mm. and
2: Gary O'Neill in the middle of the park. So it's great to see Aaron Mack getting a goal as well. I think he surprised people who, like, when we signed him, they didn't think we were going to get a player with an all-around game like that we th- yeah. thought we were getting a like, player who would just score goals from outside the box and be like an explosive that's all we ever saw wasn't attacking the centre mid
1: I think he hit 25 goals for Derry in maybe 80 games so we were looking at that track record thinking mm. this is pretty good we know what we're getting and we've seen him score crackers against us so we thought right, this is what we're going to get but now he's totally
2: morphed into the complete midfielder here's a little stat you might not have thought of that's their first penalty awarded this season
1: our first penalty? yeah didn't even think of it once. There you go. Didn't even pop into my head when he took it. Been too busy. I think it's all the set pieces that we're, mm-hmm. we're probably scoring and Jack's assisting from. So have, have you got any stats on that? How many set pieces we've
2: scored from? No, I don't have set pieces actually. But uh, I think Jack Jack was up to 11 assists before this one. So... Cause five or six of them would easily be corners. Many assists he have in this game. So it was the corner. So it was 12. Yeah. Thor definitely had yeah. two. Definitely had two. But... uh James Rogers, you know, the Dundalk journalist, he said, Since 2013, no team has won more penalties against Dundalk than Shamrock Rovers, And no player has scored more penalties against Dundalk than McIniff.
1: No way. I love that. Yeah.
2: Well, I presume the other one is only the cup final and the rest are Derry.
1: Reenacting his heroics from the cup
2: final. It wasn't too dissimilar to Waterford, was it? Because three goals before half time, and then suddenly it was game over, wasn't it?
1: Yeah total game over I mean we went in at half time I'd say the lads just went down and said Right lads keep the, keep the pace up keep the tempo up don't hold off and we came back out again and it was pretty much same same as usual they they didn't do anything to kind of affect the game in any way just lay down and, and got fucked
2: but we were a joy to watch again especially early in this second half the way we keep the ball with such ease and swagger there was one stage. I think this is what you're talking about. At one stage, they just could not get the ball,
1: <laughs> and I thought to myself, I think I saw Borky out on the left, wi- left, left wing position, and I thought this is gonna be a goal because I was thinking back. I think Mark Lynch put up a video of where we just passed the ball about forty times and we scored. And I'm thinking, this is like that. This is ju- we're just gonna set up a goal now. <laughs> and that's what you can think because we're we're looking at twenty plus passes and then we're just setting up goals. So and we didn't even seem to leave <sighs> second gear. No, I, I can't I can't imagine we. We were, were too knackered after that with the legs, with tiredness in the legs. But it was, it was once again, fantastic performance. And they just couldn't get the ball. It was great. Because you know very well that if we had have been there, it would have been
2: the, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. You and know, in the form we in, we'd have beaten their first team as well.
1: Easily, yeah. I think so. A lot of people showing up as well. A lot of their uh, fringe players showing up to what they really were last night. Mm. I think the likes of Josh Gatt and people like that, they're just imposters. The squad is not as strong as it thought it was. No, definitely not. But that's what you're talking about. These guys did want more than 18 games. They, they're they getting it now because of the good run that they're on. And then the way they went on in the media as regards to trying to get the game postponed. It's, it's embarrassing, really. As a professional, and I'm sure everybody else echoes that. But any more chances, Prof, after the break, we uh,
2: pretty much just dominated... Well, I didn't put any more in my notes, I just had the Jack Byrne goal next which we're all dying to talk about. Yeah,
1: I mean this, this came from who who set him free? I think it was it was it Aaron
2: I think it was Cabo put him down it's the Cabo.
1: left. And it was just a it was a nothing ball. I was just thinking, ah, go out of play. we get a throw in now of this.
2: Yeah, it's just like ah chase that.
1: McCurdy comes out and I think the face on him just before Jack got to it, he's just thinking, Oh shit <laughs> <laughs> And then Jack rounds him on the left and the angle is just absolutely outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. A cute, impossible angle. And he he's already fallen over on his weaker foot and he just floats it into the right corner. I think it took a little nick off the post as well. And this goal, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are giving out Dundalk fans the usual saying that, oh, he scored with his left foot into an empty net. I just appreciate the difficulty of what he did there that's what you need to do no matter what fan or where you're from we can appreciate Danny Mandrew's strike against us with his left foot absolutely fucking c- cracking yeah. goal we can appreciate good goals Flores that was a shank
2: yeah. Chris Forrester's the weekend was yeah superb yeah. strike but this, this is just the level of difficulty for this yeah. on his left foot through s- the roof stretching for it. and he still manages to just pass it in the net yeah. from that angle I know,
1: crazy, absolutely crazy. There's all the plaudits yeah. and the man the match performs as well deserved.
2: I don't know which photo I love more actually. The one of Shields clawing for the ball desperately for the first goal, as we talked about. Or the shot of Jack's second just as the ball has left his boot. The eruption of rubber particles <laughs> from the plastic pitch. And he left Shields looking foolish again. He Once, was it was him he yeah. muscled out of the way for uh, that goal.
1: Jack is probably what, nine, ten stone, Ripping with Shield's a big baldy burly man and he just got bounced around Oriel Park once
2: again I wouldn't say he overpowered him he just sort of like finessed him he went to, went shoulder to shoulder and he just sort of wiggled free really yeah. quickly and he was gone
1: it was quite like a weasel actually when you think about it he just <laughs> kind of weaseled his way in there so performances all around I think Scales was a massive shout out for me I think he was absolutely amazing and he just shows so much calmness on the ball and his technique is fantastic and a left foot centre half is what we spoke about before I love left foot centre halves and I think it brings a whole new dimension to your game especially when you're playing in a back three I think it really does and if he's capable the way scales is capable it's, it really is an asset to your game and he was brilliant for me absolutely loved him McInef had a fantastic game Gary O'Neill once again goes under the radar he did absolutely everything right he controlled the whole midfield. He set up all of our play.
2: Finn and Gary O'Neill stood out for me. Aside from Jack Byrne, obviously. I mean, it mm. just goes without saying at this stage, Jack Byrne. But uh, yeah, Gary O'Neill.
1: Once again, we Jack are singling O'Neill. people out, but everybody did play well. But we're just, yeah. from our own perspective, Like Gary O'Neill was absolutely amazing for me. And he's just floating underneath the radar. He's an eight and a half every week. He's getting, he's just Mr. Consistent, isn't he? Yeah, um, he, and Cavo Cavo coming back to form as well, and playing, getting minutes under his belt.
2: He was Mister Consistent, so <laughs> he's got a, a contender for his crown. We used to say that about him all last season, but just he'd be at worst a seven out of ten a week, minimum, minimum. Just doesn't know how to have a bad game. So
1: all around fantastic performance, and uh, putting Dundalk to the sword, eighteen points ahead really is a massive, massive streak and a massive gaff, but we'll talk a little bit about Peter. Peter Fitzpatrick on Facebook, and he said about Jack, he says, I saw my first Rovers game in 1964 in Milltown against a very good Dundalk team, and since then I have seen many great Rovers players in the green and white hoops. The conversation always comes up as to who was the best player I've seen playing for Rovers, and you go through the list, O'Neill, Ambrose, Fulham, Patbourne, Buckley, Twig, etc., they were all great players in their era but I have to say Jack Bourne is very, very special. And I do not say this lightly but he gets me up my seat every game and with some of the things he does with the ball. I had my doubts when he arrived last year but he has proved to everyone that he is the real deal and a lot of praise must go to Stephen and his coaching staff. Yes, he's a great footballer up there with some of the greats. Until the day I die, I I'll never forget his performance against Brand last season. Enjoy the lads while you have them. Fellow hoops. So, um... Fantastic stuff from Peter Fitz again yeah. and great words and all very true and it is it is the thing about Jack he's consistently amazing and he's going to steer us home hopefully it's a couple of games left we need three more wins yeah. out five or six
2: he has stepped it up a gear though the last few weeks yeah I think it's a little bit it's of a, it's another criticism level. maybe it's another level now
1: a little bit of criticism he got over the his slow start to the restart and um, his maybe the, the inclusion he didn't get included in the Forest Ireland squad Mm-hmm. I think it might have spurred him on and he thought you know what fuck this I I need to go out and start proving people how, how, how I
2: can really do this it's actually a top league scorer now it's on seven seven goals I think mm-hmm.
1: we occupy all top three slots of that prof Aaron Green and Borky hmm so, we're looking have good.
2: You, have you ever seen Jack so giddy in a post-match interview? Yeah, it's great. Antonio Tony who He really
1: is enjoying his football. That's what we need. We
2: need a happy Jack Bourne, yeah. enjoying his football, enjoying his home life. He said we'd one hand on the trophy, which uh, might have been a bit off script. Oh, I know. bit off script compared to what the, the squad usually do. We kind of downplay that sort of talk. But, five games left. Seven points needed, effectively, because goal difference is so superior it's not yeah. It's not really 8 it's only 7
1: but I think the likes of Jack now when you're talking about I mean there's always talk of him going away um, I think the reason he's playing so well is because he's got his friends and his family around him he's got a good environment he's in his hometown I think this is what's good for him at the minute obviously this is what we're going to say but this is just an observation that fair enough he could earn money elsewhere and he could have a different lifestyle but at the moment he must be the happiest he's ever been in his life as regarding football it has to be he's got his friends he's got his family he's in the form of his life he's in the Ireland squad what more do you want realistically can you tell me what more does he want fair enough more money possibly but is that everything is that the the be all and the end all to life personally i don't know the guy as well as, as as his teammates, but it seems to me like he's the happiest he's been playing football. So you can always be
2: happier in Mexico.
1: Yeah, there you La guadalajara
2: I love uh, Dan McDonald's matchup part for this game when he talks about Jack Byrne. And he says, Byrne stands out from other players in the league for his ability in possession, a low centre of gravity and the seamless way in which he swivels to change direction, evading a pursuer. Without breaking stride.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's bang on. It really is. Mm-hmm. There's there's just no way of catching him. He's an ice skater. He just skates around with ease. And his technique is flawless. And it's just fantastic to watch. And the only way to get him is probably to boot him. <laughs>
2: and you know very well. That's you see, that's mm-hmm. even hard to do. So, it's an absolute joy watching him. And even if you don't actually boot him or fail him, he's clever. There was, there was one in the first half. I saw that. Where it just like a little hand on the shoulder and he was down Gone. like was a down. sack of spuds.
1: Because he was going real no, he going nowhere yeah. really. So yeah. yeah, smart stuff. The that, dark arts as we say. Yeah.
2: As bang on as that was by Dan, uh, I couldn't believe his description of the fourth goal. It was just, Byrne picked a pocket of shields with eight minutes left to add a fourth for the side.
1: Thanks Dan. Jesus Christ man.
2: Holy fuck. <laughs> Just give it. bit of a praise verse. Gee,
1: I'm surprised at that. Because Dad's usually uh, quite... Um, he, he wouldn't normally take sides, but... Um, yeah, interesting stuff anyway. Praise through gritted teeth, as you say, Prof.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, you had uh, Pat Morley on commentary who's saying that... We're doing great at Tala and Abbottstown. So you're... sort of bother. That's what you're dealing with. Abbottstown. But, uh... They did. I think it was, it was him and uh, George Hammond, they would used the word relentless a lot, and that that did sum it up, uh, because we we were constantly getting it wide and stretching them and just going for more goals. I thought a great example of this was in the seventieth minute. Their keeper, so at this stage we're what three up, yeah, three up, yeah, three up, cruising, and their keeper played out the shields to to the keeper's right. Just outside their own box, right, and immediately, three of our players come into the picture and just converge on them. Rabid wolves. This is the corner of their box. Yeah, they
1: were. It, they were like fucking piranhas, sharks to blood. <laughs> they really. They don't. They are. They were absolutely relentless. Remember. I remember the exact moment you're talking yeah. about, and it's deadly because it's done in a way where it's not just randomly running it's done, the angles are all right, it's done so that they're blocking out passages and that they make it so they have to lump it long and then we collect mm. possession
2: and then we turn and we're high up the pitch again. So it is, it's brilliant, it really is good to see. Another one was, again, this is the, one of the few advantages of no crowds, I suppose. When I mean, you can hear these things. The camera picked us up where I think it was the American lad, I might be wrong, might be someone else, but he shouted back at his teammates who had just played the ball to him and he goes, where do you want me to go? There's nowhere to go. <laughs> this is the American dude. Man, bro.
1: bruh. <laughs> Where you having to go, bruh?
2: So, uh... Well, it sounded, now that I think about it, he sounded Irish, so maybe it wasn't him.
1: <laughs> what if you to do your American accent.
2: No, I won't be doing that. But uh, the tides have really turned the last 12 months. As I said, the scene of our last domestic defeat, they were crowned champions that night. Yep. And here we are destroying them, albeit they made 10 changes. But the uh, 18... 18 points ahead of them in the in the half-arsed COVID not real league Asterix uh, yeah. fake not real Narnia league <laughs> <laughs> the Narnia league we'll go with that maybe. they're still not mathematically dethroned believe it or not 18 points what ahead. no they can come back hold on they can theoretically Six. still win the league yeah
1: if they absolutely bounce off everyone and we lose pretty much everything yeah
2: and someone pointed out I think it was Wacker So hold
1: on but Can they officially Not be able to win the league Next week
2: Yeah So therefore Officially the crown has gone The crown has gone next week Yeah But uh, I think it was Wacker O'Toole Said on Facebook So a year ago At Oriel Park Our players had to sit In the dressing room And listen to them Sing We are, champ- we are the champions Yeah so and 12 months on here we are
1: here we are absolutely baiting them around their own front garden <laughs> baiting them around so um, really really fantastic stuff so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the fan reaction but we have big man Danny North coming up ex Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers so it's the battle of the Rovers this week and we have the Sligo who's didn't score too many for us but he's, he's plenty he certainly did for so, Sligo. but we, uh, Danny was uh, fantastic so here he is Okay, so we're here with Danny North and we've had a slight delay because he's had to have his tea. So Danny, first of all, most important question, what have you had? Pizza. A bit of pizza. I would have taught an old pie myself being from nah. Grimsby.
3: busy day at work, mate. Stressful day. Couldn't be <laughs> nice to cook, so pizza.
1: So Danny, you're very welcome to the show and the battle of the rovers is this week, so you've played for both clubs. So we'll talk a little bit about your early career For So you grew up in Grimsby, you played for your hometown club. Was it a dream come true to play for the Mariners?
3: Yeah, of course. I like, I think anyone would say, like, you want to play for your hometown team and obviously coming from here and everything and breaking through quite young, it was class really. I don't think at the time I probably appreciated it as much as I do now. It just sort of took it for granted a little bit when you're younger.
1: So you were like a young up and coming book and you just thought to yourself, this is it, this is how it rolls.
3: Yeah, so I, I sort of like made a couple of appearances when I was like 17, 18 and then turned pro. Um, and then like waited a few months to get a chance and then for like the next two seasons I was probably in the team more than I wasn't and then managers change, things happen and I just fell out of favour a bit. to be honest with you they brought in players on like big money and when you're a young lad at the club like you don't get looked after
1: Yeah, yeah You made your debut in 2005 your first goal came in 2007 and things were looking up for you under Alan Buckley so you started to score goals and play more on the team
3: yeah, I say I got my chance. Alan Buckley gave me my chance and uh I took it at the time and, and we did we did we did quite well. We had a few good runs and although the league table didn't suggest it, we, we was like touching distance to the playoffs and then you just like fall off a bit. So and then I think the third third season as a pro, it just didn't start great and he got the sack. Um and Mike Newell came in and the club just went to shite to be honest with you. <laughs>
2: You're, uh, you're a top goal scorer in the 2007-8 season so at that point was there interest from bigger clubs
3: yeah there was yeah um i only found out like not about a few months after it that like Leeds leads had come in for me um and they signed Anthony Elden instead <laughs> so
1: is that Anthony and, who played you Go
3: yeah 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 the big um, man
1: he he uh he gave Roycer a hurricane headbutt do you remember that yeah <laughs> i do yeah
3: yeah, he's a big lad, like, he, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, like I say, a bit, I got playing with a month that month when it was all happening and then he ended up getting the move and I ended up staying at Grimsby. <laughs> so.
2: so, we moved to 2010 then, after you were released by Grimsby, you had stints with uh, Alfred and St Pat's and Sligo, so was it a big decision to come to play in Ireland?
3: Yeah. Uh, not no, nah, I wouldn't say really. Like I left, I left Grimsby and I went on trial at Scunny, like who were in the championship at the time, and they were flying. And I was getting on all right, but he just like didn't have no money, so it was costing me to go, and I just couldn't afford to keep going. So I signed for like Alfreton for a couple of months, and it, it was a bit of a shambles, to be honest with you. I just thought to myself, I need to sort something out of wise. I'll just end up non-league for the rest of my life. So got a call from it was a Derby scout at the time, I think. Um, Mark O'Brien, he's from like uh, on, so he put me in touch with the club. Um, I came over for a trial, and obviously went all right, and I stayed for eighteen months. So you won a
2: bit of silverware, a bit of minor silverware with Saint Pass, but then Sligo was probably a very successful season twenty twelve. I remember you were flying at that point midway through the season. You were a top goal scorer, but then of course you had that Serious injury and the game that interests us actually is the 3-0 win over Shamrock Rovers because Stephen Kenny was manager and we just yeah. started to capitulate. I remember we played a teenage goalkeeper who gave him his debut that day.
3: So what do you remember from that game? I remember at the time, I think it was obviously the big two at the time. We, I think Sligo had been pushing for like the last couple of years to catch Rovers. And then that season, obviously, the, the year before you got into the group stages of the Europa League and stuff, and then Stephen came in and said some of the players were like were decent players still, but it just didn't seem to click really, did it? And that game it was like a big thing about like me and Twiggy. And um, that we just we just that day. It was ridiculous. Like it was obviously we was all up for it. And I think once we won that, we knew like we'd we'd win the league. It was it was just that, that turning point in the season where we thought, right, make a statement here and I think that's what we did that day.
1: It was a really gutless performance from what I remember. And I think I remember our goalkeeper feign an injury as well when the third went in.
3: <laughs> yeah, he I beat him at his near post somehow. It was disgusting yeah. as well, the shot. Remember, and it's <laughs> he's gone down and stayed down, yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember it well, that was the end of him. I think he's in I think he's in South Africa now with Kaiser Chiefs. I think he ended up. Yeah, he played he's played in
3: national international team and I Yeah, relatively decent career anyway. Yeah. Maybe that was but, the making. Maybe that was the making of him coming up against yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. was, but,
2: that, uh, was that uh, tough though? Uh, suffering the injury, not being able to see the campaign through. No one is were about to win the league. I remember Mark Quigley kind of stepped in then and took yeah. over the mantle from you.
3: Yeah, it was. It was tough. Like it's obviously I was flying, and obviously it all come to a stop, and then. Quiggs took over and, and, like I said, the team was still flying. And it was like, I used, to be honest with you, I found it difficult to watch for quite a bit, purely because I couldn't do anything about it. And it was just frustrating me more and more knowing that I'm going to be out while well, I was out for like 11 months altogether. So, but then towards the end of the season, when the big games were coming, and it was like within touching distance, you sort of like switch off and you just, I was just like trying to focus the best, hoping the team win. So I couldn't do anything about it.
2: So jump ahead a little bit to uh, signing for Shamrock Rovers. Uh, what yeah. do you remember, about meeting Pat Fennon and your your debut against St. Pat's at the start of the twenty fifteen season?
3: Yeah, he rang me um, literally straight at the end of the season. Like I was, to be fair, I was speaking to Trevor and Gillard in the summer before that, um, and was keen on coming. And Sligo sort of like messed it about a bit, and then they they said like, "Oh well, we want you to stay." We'll give you like a new deal and everything. I was like, fine, happy days. and that deal just never came, load of bollocks really. And Did they um, not bump you
1: to penthouse in Riverstown,
3: no? I <laughs> I had a family house in Riverstown, that was me. <laughs> but no, they uh, they 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 said like two year deal and stuff and then I went and see the manager, John Coleman at the time after a month or so and said, What's happening? He said, oh, I need more from you. I was like, I've scored the most goals for you since you've come in. And all, you know, the usual shite. Yeah. He left. He, want, he didn't plan on staying around anyway. He knew he was going back. Um, and then other lads were getting new deals. Obviously, here he was coming in. And I, like, I had a couple of chats with him and he was just a snake. Didn't plan <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> he, He's just
1: I've heard that a few times.
3: Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think it either. Do you know, it's... I don't know. It was just. It was like a bit of a way to end at Sligo, to be honest with you. From our, like, I had like a class two and a half years, and then just like the last yeah. few months, just
1: yeah. You were torn in the of many teams, many teams. That's what that's what our big thing was because when you first signed for us, we were thinking, "Lovely, this fella's going to bang them in." And but mm-hmm. you talk about Nutsy again, then how did he convince you to to sign on the dotted line?
3: Um, told me that the, um, he's speaking to me, Christy Fagan, and about three other top strikers in the league. So I need you to <laughs> sign, otherwise I'll be moving elsewhere. I was like, okay. <laughs> but now I had a couple of chats with him, and just from what he was saying to me, and I met I, end, I met him in Longford um, at a hotel somewhere, and I had a chat, and it was it was pretty much agreed straight away. I was just happy to get sorted, like, and just wanted to get started really. Mm.
2: And you remember your obviously your your debut goal against Impasse probably yeah. one of the worst football matches I've ever seen. There was so much wind <laughs> and rain. The ball would just get stuck up in the air like it was yeah. horrible conditions.
3: Yeah, the wind the wind was wasn't it? It's horrendous. I just remember. Well, it. I still remember don't
1: it. think playing that goal, Danny. The wind should have been
2: should have been uh,
3: given that goal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I anticipated the wind, didn't I? <laughs> well, now it was. I remember Clarkey kicking it, and Maxi was playing centre mid, and he just like helped it on and. Obviously beat Jay to the ball and slotted it past Clarke. It was like, it was unbelievable, really. Just like the atmosphere, obviously your debut against one of your old teams in a Dublin derby, it was like, couldn't have, couldn't have wrote it better, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. But injuries seemed to get the better of you that season. And a 3-0 win over Cork with a diving header and a hat-trick hmm. up and draw to be in the highlights. So what what do you remember about that? The header itself was was brilliant.
3: Yeah, that was, that was another game where obviously Cork were... Doing quite well, and we patted them that day. You know, it was. I think Gav scored, I think Gav's header was better than mine. Um, but yeah, we, he we got just
1: scored like a back header, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah, it was madness. Like, but no, I remember the goal like Mikey getting to the byline. And i just, I just, I'm, on his right foot, which obviously ain't his strongest, and I just remember he, he can only put it really one place. It was either going to my head or it was going out of play or whatever. So I've just managed to get across. I think it was Alan Bennett and just got there. and Obviously, it went in absolutely buzzing.
1: Your memory is uh, it's quite vivid from from your time, considering it was that many years ago. So, uh, you, I must have stuck with you, as in your time with Rovers.
3: Yeah, yeah, obviously. I'd have liked to have played more and scored more, but I think you always, always remember your goals and, and certain parts of your career, definitely. It was just like I say, it was just frustrating. I thought I came and I thought, right, get my head down and, and do really well. Because obviously, I had points to prove and stuff, signing from Sligo, coming to Rovers and that. And obviously, the amount of stick I've had from you all over the years—it was like obviously make, make a name for myself here. And um, but yeah, me—I'd not had an injury. Like obviously, I had my crew shirt, and then I'd not had another injury for since I came back came to Rovers. Really, I was just like niggling me knee. It was a bit of cartilage. I had a, cl- a couple of injections, which looking back now were pointless, and like I sh- should have just had like it cleaned up straight away. So that held me back a bit. Um, but then I managed to say I f- finished that first season okay um, and then obviously went out to India didn't we pre-season the next year <laughs> yeah you're reading the script here so February
1: 2010 <laughs> oh and where were you tell me this where were you when you found out you're going to India for nearly a month
3: um well, it was the, we came in I think we came into training and we did like a couple of the lads had heard about it um and we were like, nah, surely not. You're having us on. And I was like, nah, I think it's 90% done. We was meant to like, you meant to have injections or whatever, like six weeks before. We had ours done about three days before we went on. <laughs> so much stupid. So if one of us had caught her, it would kill us, wouldn't it? Well, but, but no, it was a bit like, wow, what an experience. We knew it could have been like for three weeks or whatever, but we went out, I think, was it in the semi-final? But the, f- the, the flights were already booked and everything. So it's like staying out in India for a week, for no reason. A few of the lads were a bit like getting itchy feet looking at if they can get flights back to the family because they see it as pointless. But that sort of thing, like it was like a life experience. You're not going to, not many play, not many teams are going to go out to India for a pre season, are they? You know?
1: Yeah, even on the Maybe. way out, uh, who lost the gaffer's bags? We heard that you were quite a prankster.
3: Nah, nothing to do with me, that. I honestly can't remember that.
1: Apparently, we had a mole in the camp and he was telling us that Nutsy wasn't too happy his bags were missing after 12 hours travelling.
3: Yeah, I d- yeah. Actually, no. That was nothing to do with us, though. That was just dodgy, d- dodgy <laughs> airports.
1: <laughs> right. So you arrive in India in the scorching heat, traveling for twelve hours. So what happened with the bus driver?
3: No, you saying I have a good memory? I can't remember nothing now.
1: Apparently, uh, you were stranded on the side of the road, and the bus driver was arrested. Do you not remember this one? He <laughs> no. was. Uh, he was a gangster. You're probably asleep for the whole day. Wait.
3: Someone's having you on there, surely.
1: <laughs> this is, well, we won't name him, but he's tall and he's ginger.
3: <laughs> now, I can remember a couple of bush journeys when the lads have had a few drinks. Like, that was a bit of a, an experience. Yeah. Well, I
2: would, uh, we'll but ask you then, what what sticks out then about India, about the place and your experience there?
3: Um, the smell. <laughs> like, like the streets, some of them, like the sewers. I remember boys boys on the Kingfisher... Sent and wild.
1: Yeah, you're, you're you're reading the script again. We'll get to that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, playing the Argentinians. Horrible. Uh. And yeah, just coming back like lost weight flying. <laughs> that was about it for me. Do you remember? Scary
2: Right. Do you remember the Doc's
3: diary? Yeah. Yeah. Doc's diary. Yeah. Coming back now. Yeah. Oh, he's—he was a bit different to everyone else, wasn't he? Like, he's, you look at him now—he's the chief yeah. executive of Shell's. I well, no, yeah. You can see it coming. Yeah, he's a great—he's a great lad, doc. He like when he when he had, when he'd had a drink, like a different man, like Frank the Tanky was. <laughs> he used to call him Hank. He had double de He went out. We went out in Dublin once, and the uh, he turned up double denim, and he got some—he <laughs> he got some big stick over that. I tell you. <laughs>
2: So the first game was a 2-0 defeat to uh, the Ukrainians. So uh, you kind of mentioned there the climate must have been quite a challenge. Bit of a change from Greensby and Dublin.
3: Massive, yeah, massive difference. We we used to train in the mornings and then like if we didn't have a game, we'd train in the evenings as well purely because of the heat during the day. But even you're training at like 8 in the morning and it's like you're finishing training, it's 30 odd degrees and you're thinking, Jesus, we were all banned from... Uh, Going out between them hours, but a few snuck out onto the sunbeds. Obviously, not myself, being uh, strawberry blonde. You know what I mean. <laughs> and next up
2: was uh, an 1860 Munich team. So that was a big three-two win for us. You got on the score sheet
3: yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was like, obviously, you want to get off the mark as early as you can. And obviously, the Ukrainian team—they were—they were class. They were brilliant. And I can't really remember that much about the the 1860 game. I know I scored, and I got got a big wooden boat. Like big ship like pirate ship thing for man of the match. That's about it. <laughs> you didn't get a goat, no. Nah <laughs> no, definitely not. I've seen a few elephants flying around though.
2: <laughs> then we had a narrow one 0 win over the on under twenty threes. That was a yeah, yeah. fiery encounter apparently, uh, which nearly continued into the hotel after the game.
3: Yeah, they they just just from the start, like they horrible really like you obviously pre-season you want to win we'd seen him around the hotel and we were playing him bit. the game just I think a couple of tackles must have gone in or whatever but then in the end they're spitting at you and stuff spitting at you on, oh, punching you like I've stood in the, in the 18-yard box and you end up just turning doing it back you've got Nazis screaming on the sideline don't get involved you'll get banned from the league and you know and you're just like can't do it about it so at the end of the game it's like calm down a bit they had this little number 10 just fucked water bottles at us and you're like you've wankers you know <laughs> back at the hotel we thought this could go off you know anyway we sat down for a meal and that they were just silent they just walked off I thought lads were like don't walk around the hotel on your own I'm like Jesus yeah. Christ <laughs> yeah not not a pleasant experience just buzzing the, I think Killian scored just buzzing we got the win because I can imagine a free kick, he he lost. A yeah he kick. did yeah
1: yeah. but the semi-final lost then to Brazilian Elfa Atletico Panese even though we hit the bar three times so another eventful game and
3: can you remember much about that one? No, but they were better than they were. Like obviously, just watching them, their their backs were just like Danny Alves one side, Marcelo the other. Do you know they were unbelievable? And I can, just the way they moved the ball, like this, like say the fullbacks were playing like wingers and stuff, and it was, yeah. it was. I can't really remember much of the game, like, but and I, I felt I feel like if I can remember rightly, we got like we, we didn't deserve to win that one. They were just brilliant. Mm. so you'd one or two
1: nights to let your hair down bottles of Kingfisher and with the locals one squad member had an encounter with a ceiling fan
3: yeah <laughs> believe it or not I wasn't there for that I was because when I went away obviously I wanted to just try and get as fit as I could so I tried my best like if I had a drink the night before when we was up for training in that he I'd have died so I just I was quite sensible on this trip but yeah he did he ended up having to get his hand sorted out yeah so who was this gentleman <laughs> you not got names.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well, with Padge Craig, Padge Craig, he he did his best impression. I don't know what he was doing, but he nearly got cut in two. Apparently, we're <laughs> a Salem fan after a load of bottles of Kingfisher, so we had to get stitched up. this yeah. and gaffer at St Pat's now,
3: so they're in good hands. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. But now them, them that Kingfisher, I don't know whether it's the heat or what, but it was like on the coach one day was coming back, and it was like bottles of piss flying around and everything it was <laughs> fucking, it, oh, it was disgusting
1: sounds like an away day bus
3: <laughs> yeah it was, I, was it, that was just yeah we just got a lift into like obviously into the there weren't much about like the pubs i went in one and like not even lights in it and stuff it was just different yeah. world really yeah
1: it wasn't the hotel still being built at the time as well
3: yeah but I'm, it was a lovely hotel and i was i was a bit worried because i'd be like a fussy eater like just pure basics. And I was thinking, what the fuck am I going to eat over here? <laughs> but luckily it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. But we had India in the rearview mirror
1: now and we had the season opener to think about Sligo. You bagged the late goal. So did you always get a good reception and return to the showgrounds? Brando scored a kick as well, didn't
3: he? Yeah, did, yeah. Um, the, f- the first year I went back there, I didn't play, I was obviously injured. And then we went later on in the season and that's when Duffer was about and I missed an open goal from about seven yards. I hit it over past Brushy. And, you know, it's just one of them. I was like, really wanted to score. But then I always got a stick off him because of what was said in the paper and that. But so when I scored, I just, fuck this, I'm going for it. I was, yeah. It was like 90th minute or so. But I was buzzing. I scored, yeah. So we did start that season
2: with three wins out of three. But yeah. our form was maybe indifferent after that. I remember Dundalk and Cork beat us already handed I think 2-0 win so what went wrong in, in your opinion
3: I don't honestly I, I don't know really like Dundalk and Cork I feel like well the squad we had I felt it was a good enough squad genuinely but I honestly don't know like my, not obviously I was in and out of the team a lot and then I ended up being like unused sub and that and it was just like frustrating time if you know what I mean he was, was getting like Aaron Dobbs was coming on ahead of me and things I was just like ah, I don't know about this <laughs>
1: So was, injuries pretty hampered the season, and you're kind of hinting at it there. Aaron Dobbs was ahead of you. You left in July. Was there was that one of the moments you, when your role was career was over when you just to yourself, "There's young guys getting in ahead of me here."
3: Eh, a little bit, yeah. I, I, we played. I think what the the game that really done it for me. I think I come on. I think against Finnapps, I don't know if it was in the cup in Tallet, and then we yeah. played, played St Pat's in Inchicore, and I was an unused, I was warming up and stuff, and then is give the shout and then it was like not for me it was for a dobsy so i was a bit like "Ah, hang on a minute and i thought i'm not gonna let him see that it's got to me i was like obviously fuming but i just give it the old like yeah whatever sort of thing yeah from then i sort of knew and there's been a couple of couple of clubs like wanting to have a look like take me so i was i was like yeah i want to get he said to me if you want to if you want to stay get your head down if you don't then like see you later i just said well We'll see what happens, but if I get the opportunity to leave, I, I probably would just for a fresh start. Yeah. And I was due. I was due to do it here. Yeah.
2: So, uh, next question is: Any regrets for your time at Rovers
3: Eh, not regrets. Just, just the injury. Obviously, the injuries, but it's not something that I could, I could have done, uh, done it about it. One like muscle injuries or anything. Genuinely, my knee, which was frustrating, like. Like I say, towards towards the end at Rovers, when I was meant to be off up to Linfield, and then Rob Cornwall shoulder barged me in training, and I landed funny on me knee, and I was a <laughs> bit like, "Oh, that don't feel good. This feels like something's gone." But in the afternoon, we was meant to have a double session, and I was meant to be. We, we nuts is mad for these runs in Saint Ann's, like he's famous from used to him years ago at Bowes and whatever, and they're like horrible, and we'd yeah. done him once earlier in the season, so. I've gone down about 20 minutes before the end of the morning session and the lads are like, ah, come on, you're fucking throwing one in here. I was like, no, nah, genuinely, I think my knee's like gone. It was like, yeah, good one. You just don't want to do St. Anne's. So I'm a bit like, all right, well, anyway, scan the next day. Yeah. Cartilage completely gone. I was like, you, to be fair to so like Pajo was like, damn, sorry, mate. He says, we genuinely, I genuinely thought he was throwing one in. I went, nah. So even if I'd finished last on the morning, I'd have still done it. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that sort of ended that Well, That ended me fucking career really.
1: So that was your time over at, at, at Rowers anyway. So we have some questions yeah. from the fans now, right?
2: Great. <laughs> it's, it's, <yeah. laughs>
1: you, have, you had to edit
2: out about half of them. I can Obvious, believe it,
1: yeah. Game, right? So, uh, first of all, we have a fairly uh, quiet one. Best player you played with and against? And this could be any league that you played in.
3: I'd, I'd say Joey and Dope for the best player we get like, with. Like, I had a feeling You say that. Yeah, he's just like. Don't get me wrong. Like you've like Duff has had a great career, Macca and and Fats and that. But at the time of playing with him, definitely Joey Even like God knows how old he was, but he was unbelievable. Um, best player I played against. When I was at Pats, we played against um, a team called Carpati Lviv. Yeah. And they had a li- they had a little holding midfielder or centre midfielder. He looked like Stephen Hunt, like big curly hair and stuff. And he was like an absolute joke. And then the next year he's in the Ukrainian squad. And he was like he was classed, like off the top of my head, probably him.
1: Right. Couldn't tell you his name.
3: Couldn't tell his name though.
1: <laughs> Corley Co- his name
3: though. Yeah, looks like Stephen that him. little.
1: Aiden Maher says, Did you ever set yourself a goal tally for yourself for both seasons? Apparently you kept this type of thing to yourself.
3: Yeah. I think if you look at like I'd have been happy if I, like a full run of games and not injuries and stuff, you want I'd be looking like between twenty and twenty-five. That'd have been like a, a clean season and and like no injuries, maybe the odd suspension or whatever. But yeah, it usually I'd like to have got twenty or twenty-five. Yeah.
1: We've uh, Mooner asking who was the biggest wankers in the dressing room.
3: <laughs> biggest wankers. What at uh, Rovers?
1: It could be. Yeah. No, we 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 know who we'd pick certain set of brothers but uh, it's up to to (laughs) you this could be anyone in football we know he didn't like Harry or even if you think of anyone in Rovers you could think of someone else as well we're not we're trying to hang you here
3: no no that's fine I'm trying to think not really wankers at Rovers I'll go with Harry definitely (laughs) Stephen Beat is another one as well really Snake. Him and Harry like that.
1: He would have been a hate figure for us now. We never, never liked him. Well,
3: with like... it with him, I remember we played Bose um, in Daily Mount, and he's come out like chatting at the end of the game. I thought, yeah, sound. And he's like asking what Sligo's like. So I was telling him, I was like, I don't know, mate, it's going a bit down here and there, next thing you know, we fucking here he gets the job, he signs speaking to a couple of the lads like during that season as well. The next season, they're like, He's fucking here, he's blue-eyed boy, he reports mm-hmm. everything. And you know, when you piece things together and you're like that's the only reason he was chatting to me at the end of that game just to get the yeah. suss on it you know so, yeah, yeah not keen on that.
1: And Packer Martin says do you have a secret twin who signed for us while the Pats and Sligo lad lives in Australia?
3: <laughs> I fucking wish if you had better knees than me eh? <laughs> Uh
2: This is from James Cook he asks uh, in hindsight do you feel you did yourself justice at Rovers?
3: No. Nah. No. Definitely not. I say that's, It is a big disappointment purely because of like the pressure and like that put on myself as well. That I obviously wanted to come make like really prove a point and and get flying again, but just like I say dodging knees and whatever else, it's just didn't happen.
2: And Sean Boyd asks, "Why are your toenails so disgusting?"
3: <laughs> oh, big dopey twat ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All them years in wet boots, that's what I'll say. I'll get them sorted one day.
2: <laughs> uh, Gary Shaw asks Was it tough roaming with Simon Madden for three weeks?
3: Best three weeks of my life.
2: So, what's he like as a roommate then?
3: Ah, oh, fucking creature, that's what he is. I'd
2: say your IQ went through the roof after staying with him, did
3: it? He just, for a he's obviously so fit, he's a machine, everything, but. He doesn't stop eating, do doesn't stop farting and obviously fucking in India when you, you, your, your body becomes accustomed, to the room fucking stunk. Oh, it's a disgrace.
0: <laughs>
1: right, so our final one and it's uh, ending on a food-related question which could be seen as apt from some of the fans. Adam Rickman of Man vs. Field fame, he has invested in Grimsby. Do you reckon you could take him on in one of his famous food challenges?
3: <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't eat that much. It must just be... The shite that I put into me, maybe I don't know. <laughs> and tell me, did, did you see much about him? There's been a bit of a
1: resurgence of celebrity uh, buy-ins and football clubs. You've got the likes of Ryan Reynolds going into Wrexham and Adam yeah. Rickman going to Grimsby. Has he does he be about the town or? Nah,
3: I'm sure he lives in America or somewhere. Yeah, so there's but, nothing really. Like, there. At the minute, Ian Holloway's is my our manager, and he's mm. like coming on the board as well, so he's invested in that as well. So interesting, but well, they're missing a few games at the minute. One of the lads that. I was on. He was on loan to us at Lincoln United last year. He's got COVID, so, like so, yeah. like next three games, and it's causing a bit of a bit of a stir at the minute. <laughs> so, what about yourself
1: now? And we'll leave it at this. How, who are you playing for now? And how are you getting on?
3: Signed for me, look like regional pub team, mate. Um, doing all right. Started the season. It's like Lynx league, so it'd be. I, think I step seven and on league like I'm 33 now and I just want to enjoy it really. Carry on yeah. before my knee gives away too much. But yeah, I started the season okay, five in four. So as long as that carries on, I'm happy. Get a few pints after the game. That's it, maybe <laughs> one and two beforehand. Ooh, nah, nah i am tell you. Get the game out of the way and then that's fine, yeah. But until that, while I'm playing still, I'll try and do it right still.
1: Listen, you've been an absolute gentleman, Danny. Thanks for your time again Man. and... Good
3: luck for the rest of the season. Nice, on you lads. Thanks, Danny. See you later. All the best. See you later, boys. So, Danny, yeah, uh, spilling the beans on India.
2: Yeah, I feel like we could do a separate podcast in India. Yeah, we'd have to have a uh,
1: secret footballer in to give us all the the real the real stories. But the, oh, I would have loved to have seen yeah. a big brawl in the hotel after the Argentinian game. <laughs> it really
2: got really got intense? Poor Pat Craig nearly getting maimed. Yeah, I know, nearly losing the wing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, as we said, thanks thanks to everybody for sending in your questions. Half of them about chips. Half of them didn't even get yeah. heard. But uh, yeah, someone asked, uh, what was his season tally? And I had completely forgotten about this, but... Nine? N- now that well he said twenty twenty five, if he's fit. As in that's his, oh well, is,
1: uh, well, yeah, yeah. His target. Oh, yeah, his actual tally was nine, I think. Yeah, no,
2: it did, it, the memories came back, actually, when he said that because he he would keep saying in the media like oh, I set myself a target and he would never tell anyone what it is yeah that's what Aid matter was getting at so we'd all be on the forum and be like, like what is it like what's his target he won't tell you. solid 6 <laughs> <laughs> and it would just go on week after week It became a runny joke Like, but uh, no it was good, good talking to Danny so big thanks to him as well and he was a uh, he was a great sport in fairness and I love
1: his honesty about Owen Hardy how about that yeah the snake he And still, Steve Beatty as well oh, he, wouldn't be, be a
2: f- he bashed Beatty as well Yeah, yeah he
1: wouldn't be a, Wouldn't be a fan favourite Here at Rovers. Was
2: Beatty the one who When Injured Lukey Injured Lukey And, and then mocked him Mocked him about his crutches Yeah Yeah
1: that's it oh. That's him yeah So definitely not a fan there But another thing That we are I have me veins out here Prof And you have uh, Some IVs You want me to hook the them is it The IVs are full of Dundalk hatred <laughs> And I'm just Hooking them up
2: <laughs> Hatred and bitterness
1: Hatred and tears Tears, Dundalk tears. Uh, the reaction to the Sunday from their fans. Cornflakes
2: um, spilling everywhere.
1: Cornflakes all over, Dundalk. Um, Milk they, is out of the ball. They, they started attacking their own team. They uh, spoke about how it's a fake league. I loved when they turned on their own. Though. That was the best. Turning on the mercenaries that are in the squad. And that type of thing. I thought that was absolutely mm. fantastic. So
2: I love how it goes from our squad is too big... And this season's too short to accommodate them all. Yeah. Too, uh, we only gave the kids a run now. And then the abuse of Ronan Finn
1: in the shed as well. That was great hooking that to the vans. Abuse by who? A hundred people. Well, he was getting he was getting a bit of abuse. All right, Ronan Finn. Obviously because right. of the farmer, mm-hmm. farmer hero. So he was getting
2: abuse. Also, I feel like we never got properly credited for. We had to send a patched up squad to Dundalk last year. And like they they played like. They were playing, like, an 18-year-old there on Sunday night, weren't they, I think?
1: They were, yeah. They had they a handed- couple of... Uh, they got a couple of academy players,
2: yeah. Yeah, but some- we had to hand a debut to a 16-year-old at left-back. Yeah, it did very well. God. Because we had five defenders injured. We didn't harp on about it in the media, though. Mm. And then... Um, I mean, like... I've heard someone talk about... I think it might have been Johnny Ward. Talk about how we... Uh, capitulated apparently around that time And we lost the league It'd be very weird if Johnny watch any it says, But I mean man. you look at it we, we lost the balls the previous week Because Lee Gray's got the ball hit in the face Red card, a panel Down to nine men Then the following week We had to send a squad patched up by cell tapes to Dundalk <laughs> So then we lost those two games What than that Like, How many games did we really lose last year?
1: Yeah, that's it that's pretty much it. I mean, capitulated mm-hmm. is probably harsh, but we did end up like losing it by a bit. But listen, we're not we're not going to dwell on that, are we? Prof. We're going to start talking about this season, mm-hmm. and hopefully, now this this whole situation again where people are talking about oh, Rovers, who the coefficient Fuck the coefficient. That's what I'm saying. You you go into Europe and you play the team that's in front of you. Fair enough. Coefficient
2: might help here and there. I want Dundalk to lose. A Rowers fan actually said it to me today Simple. that he would like them not to win. I just looked at him in disgust. Yeah, no,
1: I was after you headbutted him <laughs> and beat him to a pulp. Oh, I glassed him. 100% glassed Seriously, him. <laughs> think about it. No other fans in the world do this. They don't wish praise or wish success on any other team in their league. It doesn't make sense. It's not rugby. It's not shoulder to shoulder bullshit. Don't sing Ireland's call. It is hatred and if people say hatred isn't welcome in the game yeah you're following the wrong sport because hatred exists and i revel in it I hate Dundalk I want them to lose it's simple I want them to get spanked 5 or 6 nil in the Aviva and I will laugh and I will hook the veins full of tears once again
2: I, I am fully expecting them to go true yeah unfortunately yeah but God would be great it oh man what a double whammy of a week that would be oh it would be so good Oh it'd be great but once again Professor it doesn't, doesn't help anyone else Never, aside from uh, the robber's rivalry
1: no we don't want don't, them to get money Dundalk
2: getting to the group's ages that doesn't help Derry or Past or Shelburne or Sligo no. or anything
1: nobody absolutely nobody and real fans really appreciate what we're saying do you know mm. what I mean realise how petty we are <laughs> but listen <laughs> I don't care we had Alan Colley doing his research again Prof once he'd bigging up the 3-0 win I think there was an actual we'll play the clip won't we we so played a clip of him Bigging up their win And um, Yeah So here's the clip
2: Don said there The first qualifying round uh, Stewie to beat Slovan Bratislava 3-0 like, That's a good result yeah, that's in, in,
1: option, in, yeah. yeah And then the second So uh, yeah Bigging up the 3-0 win Over Slovan Which was awarded them Because of COVID The game actually didn't take place That's a great result that
2: one oh, I don't know what accent that was But uh, Well if you uh, could see me Recording the show I'm, I'm face palming That's what I'm doing Yeah uh, yeah, so that's the, I actually like Stewie Bourne I'll be honest though
1: although he did say we were decent he said what do you think of Rovers? he said we were decent I said come on Stewie just give the praise where it's due but I do like Stewie and a lot of people might disagree with me there but I do think he's okay
2: no actually I agree with him a lot of the time yeah actually. I do I think he's yeah. more level headed than anything but uh, one, one little thing I found quite funny uh, the Pharaohs actually postponed the league game of that team just prior to this, you're already Oh yeah, them. yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, I just read that and I just smiled. To let them prepare, yeah, yeah. brilliant, <laughs> it's brilliant. The irony.
1: So we'll move on to other results, Prof. With balls losing at home to Derry. or they were losing at home to Derry in 87 minutes mayhem. Um, I don't know how they came came up with this one, but listen, they they. Uh, I turned
2: it on in the 87 minute. <sighs> I thought, right, I'll just. Hopefully just see this play out. I yeah. turned it
1: off in around the 85th. <laughs> and I thought, lovely, that'll do. I had to go and do a few things. Couldn't believe it. All I could see in the WhatsApp messages was, fuck, fuck, fuck. I was like, ah, oh, no. There's no way. And then someone put in a different WhatsApp group. How did they win that? I said, you yeah, for real. I actually couldn't believe
2: it. There was, because that was, um, what day was that? Was that Friday? Yeah. There was a little period of time in there between balls getting that amazing come from behind win to going into Dundalk where like you're you're a bit worried because we didn't know what they're starting level I up. was worried yeah yeah we didn't know what what team they pick at that stage so it's not I mean we were still we still had a great points advantage but there was a little bit of a jeez we're getting closer to the finishing line here yeah and ball just got a big win but then as soon as the game kicked off actually I felt so confident again the way we're past just the ball. way we played yeah? yeah just
1: the way we played so Waterford as well Prop. they beat Sligo and that was a great win they really are the Jekyll and Hyde of the league so they get thumped one week and they come back and
2: produce the goods the next well they got thumped by us I think since the break they've only lost what a couple of games or something pretty good team though like I yeah. said they've
1: a couple of good players that we all admire there so keeping an eye on a few of them Dave Donnelly prof. Um, a reporter He retweeted He retweeted this the other day I know we live in strange times But the League of Ireland Club Gathering PPS numbers From journalists To access the games Is not only strange And unnecessary But most likely Illegal Bizarre behaviour So um, that is a very Very strange one Do we know the club In question Prof?
2: Should we reveal the club? Yeah I
1: don't see why not I mean if they're going to do it
2: Well I've placed This uh, thing Just after the previous match Does r- so with th-
1: shmay <laughs> No it doesn't
2: it was at the ground of the match we just previously talked about. So there you go.
1: Okay, yeah, there we go. Very uh, strange. Very, very strange. So um, St. Pats as well scored their fourth goal in seven games with a 2-0 win over Shelbourne. And this was Prof's pick of the week. And when Prof mm. picks a game, you put the mortgage on it. You get the wheelbarrow. You get it down to the <laughs> bookies. And this was his one. He, when he gets these hunches, he's never gotten one wrong, ever. And Prof won a few quid on it himself. I oh, was let down by a different game I put it in with something else and I was let down by a last minute goal but like I said the prof yeah. is when he gives out
2: tips and he gives out bones you eat them I do get hunches but this one of the rare times I actually did betting I think this is my second bet in like three years yeah so no, it was nice to see it come in great goal by Forrester as we, as we said did you see the Pats fans lighting the flares yeah on the it was pretty cool I'll give him that I'll yeah. give him that. at least I didn't do it inside the house like Keith Doyle <laughs>
1: oh god if anyone's seen that video you know what we're talking about
2: that's the most I've laughed in quite a while
1: absolutely locked three in the morning and then lets off a, a smoke bomb in his house <laughs> and he's
2: there trying to chew it off for the first half
1: a minute <laughs> and he's like come here we should probably make this viral let everybody see it yeah we were with the Harps now one all with Cork so Cork are still bottom of the table and that was seen as a crunch clash in the relegation playoff and both teams needed the points really didn't they
2: yeah, we called it a six pointer, so of course no, nobody got the, the metaphorical six points. Yeah,
1: so that's uh, going to go down to the wire again, we know that. With Stephen Kenny as well, his uh, squad was announced on Tuesday, and Jack Bourne is in it for the Slovakia playoff, and he could not be left out. It's just the form has been stunning. Yeah. His attitude has been absolutely golden. So, um, Stephen, obviously, he's a, he's a man of his, not a man of his war, but. I know we've had our problems with Stephen Kenny before, but he, I think he calls it how he sees it. And he might mm. not hold
2: grudges, you know. Another stupid question. Speaking of stupid questions to the one, put the Bradzer after the knock, Do you feel guilty? Really pissed me off. The one to Stephen Kenny, like, did you feel an onus to pick a League of Ireland player? Oh, the
1: token League of Ireland player. Yeah. That's just throw Really pissed you off. Wouldn't mm. it? And you could see he was kind of seeding, but he just let the anger subside and he answered uh, the question very well, I thought. Yeah, considering he's fair. not exactly... Mm the the most well spoken manager. Um, in the world. We have
2: been critical of Kenny's demeanour and uh, sort of the way he deals with press. But uh no, he was actually excellent there for a battle. And then we've got the probably the most deserved call up of all time
1: is Pigo Lopez and he got called up for the Cape Verde to add to his caps hopefully and they will have two friendlies and then World Cup qualifiers in November. And uh well deserved. 100% well deserved for Pico
2: because he's been the farmer's yep. life and he's our, my player of the year this year anyway. I'd imagine they washed him against Milan because he, he was obviously outstanding in that game. The way he was putting his body on the line that match.
1: Unbelievable. I think we were 2-0 down in about 70 or 80 minutes and he, do you remember the one where he went really, he, he just broke his fucking bollocks to get out of the ball hmm. and he, I can't remember who he dispossessed but it just kind of summed it up. We were 2-0 down towards the end of the game and he was still busting along to try and, and help the team. So, well deserved by Pico
2: and congrats you are probably saying jumpers for goalposts they're doing little cards now where they have like I saw that very good little snapshot of a player stats and I think Pico was like most difficult opponent Slatani yeah. now no prizes for that one well yeah but uh, and obviously Jack against Milan that may have been a factor I mean he didn't look out of place at all that night even up against world class players so once but again them, fantastic stuff by Pico so is it a Harps game now we're going to be missing those probably two possible yeah I'm possibly to, more like, we're going to have to look into it aren't we? could be under 21's call for scales and frugia. Yeah. we'll um, let our management deal with that one yeah. and how they want to go about it but I'm not I can't, I can't wait for the, for the reaction from the dark fans if yeah. we postpone that match oh
1: yes <laughs> 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 postpone is for the crack <laughs> oh man so Sean McRoberts 2 we're beating again unfortunately but once again we spoke about this before about her performances and um, UCD beating 5-2 on Saturday and two stunning free kicks from Brandon I took his tally up to 7 for this season so he's the form man for yep. Rovers 2 this season and he is on fire so uh, hopefully yeah. we don't finish bottom of the pile and we get we, there's a lot of positives to take from it
2: well I think at the start of the season you were thinking we should probably finish ahead of it long at least so maybe you're disappointed there that we're bottom but uh, I think we talked a bit last week Results maybe aren't bothering the team as much. Maybe it's more of the late goals have yeah. been have been annoying. But it is. It's it's
1: a project. So yeah, m-
2: it's a long term thing. So we can four, look at it in the four 0 down at half time that game, and then Brando pulled two back with the with the cracking free kicks. One of them went up on on Twitter. I think Dunster put it up, and it was a beau. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff from Brando.
1: Underage results, Prof, and the Rollstone Project. It's been a while, it? On the 13s, Bray 2, Rovers 1, unfortunately, with Marshall getting on the score sheet. We had our under 15s hammering UCD out in the bo- Is it the ball they play in? I'm not sure where the 15s play, but we'd Martin with a hat trick, C. O'Brien and Morgan grabbing the goals at 17s. 4 0 winners away to Athlone with Noonan and Letty and McGinnis bagging them in. So Letty has been in the Rovers 2 team, so he's banging them in for the 17s as well we had our under-19s winning 4-2 out in Bray and we had Doyle, Cordis, Emaku and Abidor scoring the goals so uh, great stuff from the young lads this weekend or last weekend we had no fixture for the women's under-17s last weekend so they got a rest
3: mm-hmm. so that
1: is it for the Rollstone project and the prof is coming up with the stats there is
3: a mathematician a different kind of mathematician and a statistician stats <laughs> out
2: So 4-0 at Park If it e- if it even stayed 3-0 That would have been our biggest win at Oriel Park Since the 3-0 win In the 1970 Presidents Cup That's how long it was Since we won by that high a margin In Dundalk We hadn't even scored 3 there Since the 4-2 2009 Jesus remember that That
1: was Desi with Desi's absolute belter yeah. of a free kick
2: Darren McGuire scored as well we yeah, interviewed The him. hair yeah. Everywhere We asked him about that a few months ago on the show so 4-0 was our biggest win there since a 5-1 league win in 1968 so a few more stats and these are all these, these next stats are league stats only so not all competitions. so it was Dundalk's worst defeat since a 4-0 loss in Derry in 2012 Ooh. so that's right before Stephen Kenny took over We're the first team to beat Dundalk at Oriel Park since ourselves two years ago. September 2018. So that ended their two year home unbeaten record in the league. We're the first team to score three goals there since Sean McGuire's hat-trick for Cork in June 2017. Oh, I remember that well. And we're the first to score four at Oriel Park since Sligo in October 2010 when they won 4-2. And... It's Dundalk's worst home league defeat yes. since Kilkenny City won 5-0 <coughs> there in the 2005 First Division. Kilkenny beat them. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Who don't exist anymore. Don't exist. So Excellent stuff from Sligo, the play. Sligo have overtaken Dundalk into fourth place now after the win. They beat Derry tonight as we're recording <laughs> this, Tuesday night. So Dundalk our fifth <laughs> Can you imagine they made the group stages? And didn't qualify for Europe? And then missed out. Oh, man. Look at their running. It's it's not easy. No, it's not. It really isn't. But um, as for Sligo, our opponents on Friday, they've won 6 out of 10 since they came back. So they've obviously been doing really well. Although only one of those wins was away from home.
1: One was away from home? Yeah,
2: so they've mostly been home wins. And they have a dreadful record in Tallahassee. In recent years In the last 10 visits They've only 1 point And 2 goals Love it Their last win here Was a 2-1 win In October 2013 And listen to the Stoigo goal scorers Aaron Green Wow And Danny North <laughs>
1: Brilliant Brilliant Um
2: It all comes together again
1: That's it So that's it With the stats this week And profits Blowing minds as usual and next up, we're going to have the starting 11s and predictions. <laughs> right so Prof, I'm going to go and there's... The, well, there's no, like... It just picks itself now. Bar, maybe the centre-half parent. Have we any injuries? Or yeah. have we any... We've... Cavo back. Does Cavo play?
2: Does Cavo play? Mm.
1: Oh, I'm going to go for it. Right, Manus. Yeah. Manus and goal scales. Pico back. Scales Joey.
2: I'm going to say Scales Joey Pico.
1: might sound harsh to drop Grace.
2: Actually I was going to go the same.
1: Yeah I'm gonna, I'm not I don't he's a big boy he's getting dropped. I
2: think I was going to say as to you I thought you'd be surprised.
1: No I'll go for it. I'll yeah. go for it. I'm going to start Cabo. I'm going to mm. go Cabo on the left. Finner on the right. The Majestic pairing of uh, Gary I'm, going, I'm going
2: first next week because it just sounds like I'm copying, every <laughs> week, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going Gary O'Neill in the middle with Mackin, uh, Jack Bourne, Borky, and Aaron Green. It's just the way it, right it rolls now, isn't it? it? Just rolls off the mm-hmm. tongue, bar one or two, but yeah, Cavok to get his fourth start since his injury. And I'll, I'll go for a nice 3 0 win with a clean sheet because, um, yeah, 3 0 win with a clean sheet. Aaron Green to score, Borky to get one and who else we'll go Jack Bourne with a free kick
2: uh, yeah my, my prediction I'm going to say 3-1 and uh, Jack Bourne to continue his goalscoring for him. oh yes Dino will get one off the bench and Dino going to think outside the box here I'm going to think Ronan Finn Gets his first goal in nearly a year and a half. Oh yes, the Finner man is back. The ball just dropped to him outside the box and he would bury it. Bury top corner. His 51st goal for Rory. Oh, He's
1: even going, he can- just can't stop with the stats. <laughs> so that is it for starting levels of predictions but we have some minor injury updates as well with Greg Bulger is tentatively kicking a ball again and Rory Gaffney is back home from an operation so fantastic news and it really is great to see Greg, uh, friend of the show, and Rory Gaffney coming back. We totally forgot about that guy. And considering he started mm. uh, changing games at the start of the season before the break. So great to see the two guys doing well. Mm. And um, that is it for
2: this week, Prof. Craig has come on a bit since he, 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 certainly he hobbled in here on crutches. Yeah,
1: hobbled in, was right. So he's nearly kicking the ball now. And the guy is like Wolverine at this stage, isn't he? He seems mm. to be able to recover really well. So, uh, yeah, happy with that. Happy with the form. Happy with everything, Prof, because we're flying towards our... 18th title but there's no hands on it yeah as Jack says he says there's one I'm saying there's none so uh, we're happy enough so listen Prof that's it we won't be seeing you in the South Stand we'll see you somewhere so uh, on the couch with a beer and that is it for this week so uh, keep on hoping
0: see ya Burgers and fries chairs pies simple and good back then Walking in the sand hand in hand, never thinking that it could end. Making our love with the moon above at the drive-in picture show. And it was burgers and fries and cherry pies in a world we used to know. Changes come and go. Had our share, I know. Now it seems we don't have time for love anymore. All the things we used to say. Little things we did each day. Oh, I long to do the things that we did before. When it was burgers and fries and cherries. As if it was simple and good back then Walking in the sand